This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Well, go check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and today I am so happy to be joined by a good friend, a fellow Betches podcast host. You know him from the Not Another True Crime podcast. Please welcome Danny Murphy. Hello. Hey Dylan. Oh my God, I am so happy to be here because... I do. I just love watching anything real, and Bravo keeps it the realest. So I'm so excited to chat with you. A hundred percent authentic. Oh. Nothing. You know, don't blame it on the edit. Oh, I blame nothing. I get so mad when people are like, "I was edited differently." I was like, "Well, you made the choices." So I have no sympathy for that, but I love them all. We're talking about Salt Lake City today, so it feels appropriate to bring up. Um, last week in Jen Shaw's, there were like some new court filings in advance of the trial, mm-hmm. and they're arguing that the jury shouldn't be shown any footage from the show because it's all edited. It's not meant to look real. She's like portraying a character. And I mean, I I have mixed feelings about this because I do think, you know, should the jury just be shown like a completed episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Probably not because yes, they're, you know, they're constructing and editing it in a certain way, but it's like, if they want to bring out the raw footage, yeah. like, that's shit that Jen said. The full uncut version. I know, because I would never want the jury to sit through uh, Whitney and her husband rolling around in paint like we had to, to get to the guilty verdict or not guilty verdict. But, I mean, that is the footage that is like, it shows the proof of how much money they are bringing in and all of the chalets they are getting. And it's also like, girl, like, you're on a TV, you're on a TV show. You chose, like, it, it. this is just, this is what they are doing. Like, they would keep phone records that they would use, but also you have a camera crew following you around, so you're going to use that too. Right, like maybe not all of the words that come out of her mouth are being taken as like she's under oath, you know, that's what she's saying. But just kind of the general vibe that she brings on the show, she is portraying herself as somebody who has, you know, kind of unlimited wealth until until now that she's, you know, counting how many moving boxes she's going to need. <laughs> she's like not calling any uh, nursing homes anymore. She's like, damn, moving is expensive now. I did not know that. Uh, but it's also the thing too, I feel like one of the biggest things for that, even though now he is turning, he like flipped on her, but like to show how much Stuart was with her and like show all these random assistants. She had, like it's more so for me, season one, Jen, than this season, obviously because shit hit the fan for her this season, but also just to kind of be like the opulence that she was living in was more unparalleled. Like, she, like I always thought she was the richest ones of the Salt Lake City ladies, and now we found out why. So I feel like it's important to bring that to the forefront. Right. To, if you're saying, like, I just dropped 50000 on a birthday party for my friend, and it's no big deal because I got it like that, whether or not you believe that, you're that's what you're broadcasting to the world. And if that if you did, in fact, pay for that party, you know... The money had to come from somewhere. Let's see the fuck. Yeah, it did not. It did not come from whatever. The, I don't even know what her business is like. She said her businesses were before. I just always was like, 
oh, she's magically making money. And I was like, oh, she's married to a coach. And I was like, oh, he's not like a, a like NFL coach. So it's <laughs> not the shop. But yeah, <laughs> makes good money, but not sweeping in it. Um, it's, it's confusing what she did. But as Lisa said on the season one reunion, it's very lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> That's lucrative. It's lucrative. It's more lucrative and more liquid than Vita Tequila. And that's all I can say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jen is in the middle of moving. Um, it's going to be tough for her. I did like seeing that despite Stu's, um, you know, indictment and seemingly, you know, being removed from Jen's life, Marillo is still the second assistant. I was like, can we get a promotion for Marillo? Is can he even we, getting paid at this point? Is he a like, volunteer second assistant? Right. Like, can we hax him? Like, get him to COO or whatever the fake title they gave him on that show? Where it's like, let this man help out. He's putting boxes of, like, stolen goods into all this stuff. <laughs> and I do love, too, that that moving company is like, Jen, you're like a family to us. We love you so much. It will be 10K. We're not cutting any call. Like, shit. there is no deal for, like, on-trial discounts. I know, I was kind of surprised that, you, you know, as somebody with a public platform, they can't give her a little bit of a barter situation. Like, we flashed the logo on the camera. And then now you get a free she's not moving. Doing roadway or whatever the one every single <laughs> housewife in the city does, where she's like them driving a truck. Like, no, this move was so easy. I mean, Jen, work the system that work the system legally like that. <laughs> you would be able right. To, I'm uh, always. Yeah. I mean, I always assume that half of what we see any given housewife showing on camera, she's getting for free. So it, I, I was oh. actually you know a little surprised that the moving, the moving quote seemed. You know, know, market rate. I know. I wonder if she now had to, like, wanted to say that to be like, oh, I, like, to portray herself and just things like, okay, that is money, but, like, I can do it now versus before when she was just like, oh, my God, I have nine Louis and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm also like, yeah, like, this isn't helping your case. Like, I can't afford 10K moving from a mansion to a smaller mansion. So I don't know whose case you're helping, but probably not yours. I do just feel like, you know, she talks a lot about how this is putting pressure on her because she takes care of everyone in her family. And I think that is a, a real thing. You know, we've seen some of the people on the show that she kind of feels this responsibility for. And I'm like, you know, it's nice to do that when you have the means to do that. But maybe, you know, push is coming to shove and you need to just accept that you don't have the means to do that. And that, you know, it was nice to take care of people while you could. But, you know maybe it's it's not the situation anymore it's it's the thing too i am so happy when a friend is like oh i'll get your coffee i'm like you don't need to go way over the top for your people i don't i mean maybe it's a different road in salt lake city maybe you buy someone a bottle of Vuv, but uh it's still that's like like you don't have to like go like dropping thousands upon thousands of dollars to people and i feel like because i did this entire season overall there was a part of me that i was like Okay, I know she's on trial, but I am kind of finding Jen a little likable here and there. But like that moment, I was like, okay, she does care about people, but also I think she wanted to flex on people too with it all. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you're biting your hand a little bit by watching too much Kardashian. <laughs> exactly. That's just what that um, baby girl is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, you know, doing good things and taking care of people, Meredith is having this lovely glad photo shoot for her jewelry collection in the middle Something? of the ice, salt, I don't know what, what that is. Um, <laughs> a place that I wouldn't want to be. Um, but, I, you know, I'm, lo- I'm loving Meredith's, you know, commitment to letting everyone be themselves. And um, I, do, I do love that she has um, tried to, uh, what's that term called when, like, what's that bot, the yassification bot? Like, yeah. she did yassify, don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> where she's like, she's like, you can do whatever you want to do. Don't say, like, where it's like, I, I was waiting for that moment. I don't know if you were to end with like, and like, Brooks, baby, do whatever the hell you want to do. I didn't know if like, because he was getting emotional. I didn't know if he was going right. to come out or like uh, say anything. 
But I do feel, and I do feel because Meredith was getting some flack for saying like people can do whatever. And I think I do get that she just doesn't want to rush Brooks. But I do also understand why people are like, you're not totally like, your messaging is kind of misdirect. Right. I think the message that I think they're sort of trying to send on a personal level is that like Brooks isn't going to come out. Like don't wait for that because like that's not something that we're, you know, it's not the path, I guess. But like the way it comes across is kind of like, she's basically saying that like coming out is homophobic because then you're putting like a that, No, exactly. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I want Heather Dubrow to watch that while she's waving 900 flags. God bless her. And I just want to be like, what is her thought on all of it? Because it's also a moment too where it's like, you're like, she brought in like a drag queen, all these like queer people for this photo shoot. But then she's also not like, also with that messaging, I'm kind of like, Meredith, do you even know what you say sometimes? I feel like sometimes she doesn't because she just goes for syllables and quantity of words over the quality of the words a lot. (laughs) And I think that was definitely one of the instances of it. But I did like that they all had that like little family hug, even though Chloe, I guess, was on camera duty because she wasn't in the hug. (laughs) Yeah, like she wants, she wants equality, but she doesn't want to acknowledge like why certain people need equality more than others. She's like, yeah. no, 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 no. My, my family is just equal. Yeah. We're just Obviously. equal. And also, because she's like, oh, Brooks, it's okay. Like, we're just, we're white and rich, so you can do whatever you want to do. Like, that's kind of the moment where it's like, you can do, you can just say that you're Brooks Marks and it's okay. So I feel no. like it would have served better if they had, like, more of, a, like, maybe instead of having a photo shoot for your jewelry line, if they had, like, a fundraiser or something like that, kind of like whatever that lady with the caterer, like that was a beautiful moment with their mm-hmm. with uh, her son or uh, her child, and then um, this like no mark was hit with the Marxes at the end of this because I'm like, what is this even for? Where's your your jewelry's going to glad? I don't think they need like whatever your chunky chains are, but yeah, yeah. I mean, she has she has some pretty jewelry. I do. I like the the gender neutral uh, concept. You know, there's no men's line. There's never going to be because. Men can wear whatever they want. I'm like, go off, sis. Oh, she did love that. Yeah, she did love saying that. And I was like, okay, Meredith, you know, you know what you're doing there. <laughs> I mean, I, I did. Think- I mean, I would say like it was over the top. But, like I did fucking live for like the velvet satin suits and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It was chic. It was chic. The photos are cool. Yeah, no, I like the photos. Cool. Um, wh- what I didn't like, you referenced this already once. Whitney and mm. Justin. <laughs> oh my you god! Just spit out your coffee a little bit. <laughs> I just regurgitated. Oh my god. Like, as Mary Cosby would say, women. Because I was like, what just went? I'm like, because I do I do enjoy Whitney and I do like her. But this season, I feel like definitely was kind of her was like, what is my... Like, she was rotating a lot of storylines until she realized, I feel like, oh, her and Heather can kind of just be like the Greek chorus to everything. And then she's like, oh, fuck, I forgot that I said, like, I need more sex for my storyline. So they had to wrap that up. And I was like, that is... They should show that at um, like middle schools to promote abstinence. Because if I saw that was what happens in bedrooms, I would be, I wouldn't be podcasting, I'd be in a convent. Because I was like, this is so fucking, it's too much, it's too much. She's like, I forgot about my husband's robotic fucking and my skincare's rebranding. And so now we're gonna celebrate both of those things with a bottle of champagne and jo- Justin, take off your shirt. Oh my God, what you gonna take off? I was like, Ooh. What are we getting? I'm like, this is some Hulu, Tommy, and Pam. I'm like, oh this, is, uh, this is getting a little too real for me. And they were also probably celebrating that he's no longer on the uh, trial for his old company's MLM. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a lot to celebrate at the Rose House. 
I just think at this point, if you work for any of the production companies that do Housewives shows, you should just like what I'm sure they give you like some guidelines when you start that job, you know, kind of like a do and don't list the the housewife and husband sexy time. It just never quite lands. Going all the way back to Tamara and Eddie in the tub or, you know, Ashley and Michael's, you know, just nightmare fuel. And that little uh, Zoltiak with uh, her when she had Croy, when she had like the photos of them in the tub. I'm like, this is, as Meredith Marks would say, it's repugnant. Like, I just don't. It also doesn't serve the storyline that they think is. Like, I like a cute moment of them like hugging or something like that, but not this full on like edited to be like lo-fi like you're at a hotel yeah. room on the premium channels moment no i i totally agree like i don't mind seeing you know couples being lovey-dovey with each other or like a sensual moment honestly karen huger in the tub going <laughs> like that to me it that's like camp like i enjoy yeah. it because it feels like we're kind of in on the joke But with these kind of, like, earnest moments of, like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to make my husband horny. It's It's, just, like. It's so, oh, it gives, like, Viagra infomercial. Because the thing is, I, and, like, maybe I'm biased because I'm, like, I'll watch Sierra and Carl, Andrea and Paige. I'll (laughs) rewind them making out and get it all down and dirty. But I'm, like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch these people who are, like, happily. I mean, I'm happy they're happily married. And the keto happy marriage, I'm sure, involves that. Melissa Gorger probably has a chapter (laughs) about that in Happy Wife, Happy Life. But it just doesn't, I also feel like, because that's not the storyline we go for on Housewives. For, like, the other younger shows, like, hooking up and everything like that's part of the moment. But I'm like, we got indictment charges here and, like, a maybe faked memorial. We don't need this. Like, I think, because I think that was the thing. There's too much, um, for this past finale, there's a lot of dead time, in my opinion, for uh, what I really wanted at the finale. And that was five minutes of that. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. Yeah, I think it feels like we have, there were like a few kind of top line arcs this season. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Jen's arrest situation, the Meredith and Lisa kind of breakdown has been really interesting. And then Mary and Jenny's whole thing and like Mary's, you know, potential cult. Like all of that was kind of, if you were to like go down the list of like, what did we care about most this season? Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the top things. And then this episode, I get that it's the finale. You want to tie up 
some loose ends, but it's like, okay, so we're going back to, um, you know, we're going back to this stuff with Whitney and Justin, you know, we have granted a, a very lovely scene of Heather, you know, talking about her family issues, which I, yeah. so I think that was like fine with me, but then it's like, you know, it kind of feels like we're, you know, having to pick up the, you know, Meredith's whole photo shoot. It's like, I understand in terms of, like, if you're storyboarding the season, you feel like you have to kind of, like, revisit those Mm -hmm. plot points one last time. But then when it all culminates at this Vita Tequila party and it feels like we don't actually get closure on anything, there's Mm -hmm. just, like, a very chaotic last 10 minutes of the episode and then reunion. It's like, wait, no, no, no. Like, can we, could we have done, like, half the episode on that at least that was my thing because i feel like at, at at vita there was a lot of shit going down and i know that I, I feel like they probably were working with it because like right when so much stuff was getting intense like mary walked away which i understand her walking away because what the fuck was glad the desperate attempt of jenny trying to get a second season by throwing <sighs> glass and then also meredith walking away so, so like all the conversations kind of got hit to a halt but i'm like we don't get any even like um we don't get any like uh like docu special of like Jen Shaw update, you know what I mean, or anything like that. I'm like, just give us like some of the main event stuff going on. Yeah, and I think it'll be. I'll be curious to see. Obviously, the reunion is coming up. They're going to talk about Jen, you know, a certain mm-hmm. amount. It's in the trailer. But knowing that her trial is going to start next month, it really. I do feel like they kind of are just sort of like kicking the can down the road of not. You know, we don't yeah. really have that much to go on right now, There's so we'll new. just yeah. kind of ignore it. And it's like, but I still, I still kind of want to talk about I it. I still want to talk about. It. I'm like, uh, they. There was one LA Times article for Erica Jane. We got a great Beverly Hills season from that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we could like get some get some things moving. And I'm also curious your take because I saw I because I completely missed this when I was watching, but I didn't realize that they didn't have like the like what they're up to now mm-hmm. of Jenny. And I kind of was like, they should have said that she got fired. I I feel like I'm like, why don't you? Like what? Like it's weird that they yeah. didn't put that in because it's a quick edit to add in. Right. I would have understood because I'm assuming that they, you know, in the wake of her being fired, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's when the decision was made to not give her a card at the end of the season because that's not normal to just yeah. leave one out. Yeah. And so I kind of don't get, you know, if they if it was halfway through the season and they had said we we're firing her, we're going to make every effort to like edit her out, you know, kind of like yes. the sherry pie on Drag Race yes. type of vibe, that would make more sense that it's like obviously we're not giving this woman closure, but she only got fired two episodes ago and clearly this was already done D- for all up, intents yeah. and purposes. So it, it's like yeah, just like put it on the screen that she got fired for being racist. Like I don't think I, I appreciate that she didn't have a lot of solo scenes this episode or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you know, it felt weird to just pretend that that like, like it's just like who like they're like wait what who what like it, it's very like who said that like everyone's I'm like yeah she said that and like now she just we're not addressing it especially after watching that just oh that display at that party of her. Yeah. You know, seeing Mary ignore her and then like gleefully smile at the camera was just kind of amazing. And Mary Cosby, um, I don't know if we'll ever have another one like her for better or for worse. Um. Wait, because you, yeah, I think because you tweeted, I was like, I know that her time has come and it's done, but I'm like, I did fucking enjoy 
her insane. Like I've never loved more watching someone not want to be on a reality show or not knowing what is going on or play any single game, be on a reality show. It was just so refreshing while also being bananas. Yes. And I think Mary didn't want to fuck with Jenny to the extent no. that it it was almost beyond Mary never really quite clicked in with the assignment of being on Housewives. Mm -mm. She gave us a lot because that's kind of clearly who she is as a person. But she was never going to have that moment of, well, it's the finale, and I guess Jenny and I should have a conversation to talk through our issues and kind of give the producers that pretty package of an ending them being that like they probably wanted. And so I was totally not surprised, and I was kind of living for it when she was like, I'm good. I'm, I'm leaving. Like, no. <laughs> We're walking down this like street alone. I was like, I'm obsessed. I want to know what was said. Like her and that producer who was filming her. I'm like, that is that is the spinoff I want. Just Mary Cosby walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm curious to know, because they filmed that all the way back in May of last year. Yeah. And then the reunion taped in January. And so I am curious to know kind of, I don't think we'll ever get this, but I would love to actually hear from Mary about where she was when they finished filming mentally and then kind of when she came to the decision that she was like, no, I'm actually fully done with done this. With Not just because there were many moments in her time on the show where she showed up and clearly didn't really want to be there or want to engage or participate. But obviously on a certain level, she understood kind of the job responsibilities but then between filming and the reunion clearly at some point there was that moment of I'm not going to do it and in the trailer they make it sound like it is partially because Whitney used the term predator which I just like I, I can't get that worked up about that it's a word I don't think it's yeah. maybe it wasn't the exact right word for Whitney to use but I'm like Mary fucking sucks like she is you can use a word about her. Oh, it's yeah. fine. And like, and also, because that's why I thought, I was like, oh, Whitney's taking the L and apologizing for calling it a cult and everything like that. So I thought, I almost feel like they was like, they were like, Whitney do that. And then so we can like secure Mary to come back or something like that, you know? Because I'm like, I, th yeah. I feel like that was the main duck in a row. So then Mary was not really like, she was, had tiffs with everybody else, but there was no real like, feuding going on everyone just kind of be like, why are you just mean to all of us? And I know, because I would, I'm also mainly disappointed. I'm also kind of like, what is a three-part reunion going to be if, like, what, what, we're talking about Jen for three episodes? I, like, don't really know. The thing that it makes me think is that if Mary had showed up, it would be a four-part reunion, which true, I yeah. don't think we need. Mm -mm. I think, you know, last season or last year we saw Beverly Hills and Potomac both get four-part reunions. I thought Beverly Hills, maybe it was justified. Potomac definitely didn't need it. Um, and so I was a little bit troubled by the seeming trend toward giving more shows yeah. four-part reunions, when in reality, I think more shows could have two-part reunions. Yes. Honestly, but it's yeah. almost kind of like, I'm like, with, with with New York, it's like, yeah, maybe we didn't have to reunion about anything. I mean, I would have yeah. liked it just like one episode of like Ramona getting called out, but it's like, yeah, maybe, you know what? What, what do we get from that? Sorry they didn't get that extra checks, but you know, maybe we don't need to keep on stretching things out. Yeah. And so I will say the thing I most excited to see at this reunion is Mary Meredith and Lisa's mm -hmm. you know whatever's gonna happen because they saw that episode with the hot mic and all of that right before they taped the so reunion good. and that's the thing I I was remembering when we were watching the whole group kind of 
gather around at the Vita party is that at this point, Meredith still doesn't know all of this stuff mm-hmm. that Lisa has said on mic about her. And so obviously they have their issues that they've been working through, but Lisa clearly is still trying to be on good terms with Meredith, at least in a public context. You know, she's still inviting her to her Vita party. Meredith still feels comfortable enough to attend the party and they're all kind of you know clearly they're having their issues people are mad at each other jen is <laughs> being <I> jen but <laughs> but they, they seem like they're in a good place meredith and lisa at the vita party right and it's funny because meredith and jen seem like they don't seem like in a good place then but now on instagram jen and meredith is wishing each other happy valentine's day and everything <laughs> and on watch what happens a couple weeks ago Lisa was asked between Jen and Meredith who she felt closer to after taping the reunion, and she said neither. So Ooh, who do, who does she have as friends now? I feel like weirdly, Lisa's closest friend in the cast might be Whitney now, which is so Ooh, bizarre. That is bizarre. It almost I feel because you know, Lisa does remind me of Bethany a little bit here and there. Like I feel like that's the book she studied from. And I could imagine like there's gonna be Lisa might just start because, like, Bethany, when she had to film with, like, her driver because no one really would talk to her, Lisa's going to pull up to, like, whatever, like, Del Taco and just be like, do you want to talk to me for 20 minutes? Like, just, like, in the, there's going to be a line down the block of everyone trying to get their drive through. And she's like, no, but, like, the way Whitney did this to me. And, like, I think that is what Lisa's future is going to hold. And I would happily watch that. <laughs> I could see next season a lot of scenes of her just talking to her sons and gorgeous. getting them unnecessarily. Jack. Don't you think it was crazy that Meredith talked to me like that? Like, we've been friends for 10 years, and all of a sudden, she's coming up to me. Like, who does that? And Jack's like, I have homework. Mom, Mom, you took me out of school again. Like, she's going to start homeschooling her kids just to have them to talk to. And they're going to be like, no, I actually need to learn what long division is. I mean, they don't really have to, but they should try to learn that. I do think it's so impressive, too, because season one, I'm not sure, because I love Salt Lake season one, did not, could not tell you the difference between Lisa and Meredith. And now I'm like, oh, I know so much about these ladies. So I will say this season overall really put Salt Lake on the map in a new way. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, I think season one, people felt like it was fun and fresh and new and promising. But I think season two, they really kind of leveled up in terms of the personal storylines mm-hmm. and us kind of feeling like connections with these women, whether you like them or not feeling like they're characters in your life that, you know, and have a connection to, and just kind of as a franchise feeling like there's layers to everything. Things are dynamics are more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. There's more different stuff going on. I mean, just, I've talked about this with people. The fact that Jen's whole legal saga, getting arrested, indicted, all of that stuff really only ended up being kind of like the third place storyline of the season. And I know part of that is just because of legal timelines, but 
if it was if this was a show that didn't have very much going on, they would have latched onto that and milked it for the rest of the season. And because of everything that was happening with Mary and, you know, with Lisa and Meredith, they really didn't have to do that. And I think some people watching it, I've I've seen people express opinions. It's like, oh, this season was boring, or I I I expected really? more out of the Jen storyline. Oh. And to me, I'm just like, I don't see how based on some other housewives seasons that we've had to sit through in the last few years, I don't really see how you leave this season thinking it was boring. I mean, you could come up with specific critiques. Like I wanted to see more from this person, or I thought we would hear more about this, but on the whole, it's like this season had a lot going on. And I feel like if you think the season was boring as a whole, you might need to reevaluate your expectations of what is (laughs) Also, reasonable to expect if, from a housewife season. Yeah, if you think it's boring, are you watching OC right now? Love them all. <laughs> and I enjoy OC, but I'm like, if I hear about this Amazon LGBTQ plus gift again, I'm going to gauge my eyes out. Like, that is a season where I'm like, nothing is going on. So, like, there was so much happening. And also, I feel like no one's realizing season three, it's going to kick off with Jenny being addressed and fired and Jen Shaw's legal case going on. So, I mean, it really yeah. is... Kicking off into high gear. Danny, it was pornography. I like, I would not. Ju- I gotta say though, Heather uh. reading them, I need the unedited version because I am just dying where she's like, um, getting deep throated and tied up. I'm like, <laughs> Heather is so funny. Get her high. I'm like, her and Shannon getting high. Heather needs to loosen up a little bit, but she does with her family and I do love watching that. Yeah, I, this season of OC, I will say, I feel like I am enjoying it in a, casual way yes whereas i you know i'm not hating it i don't think it's bad to watch compared to last season where every episode felt like a punishment oh it it feels so much better but it 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 isn't really bringing it in the way that i always hope for exactly i also didn't realize i did i because just what i see online i did not know i was in the minority of this thought i love gina and emily Apparently a lot of people don't. I love those two together. Do you? I do. I think this season, last year, I was already kind of on the Gina train. Like that Mm -hmm. pulled into the station a little bit earlier for me. Um, So I've been enjoying Gina. I thought she was kind of the the lone bright spot last season. This year, I think Emily has really come into her own. And her her dynamic with Gina is very enjoyable. But also she just seems kind of more fun, lighter. I don't know exactly what it is. But yeah, Gina and Emily are really having, you know, the MVPs of the season right now. And I'm happy for them because I think, you know, they've been on the show long enough now that with Housewives, after you've been on a couple seasons, it's sort of like a shit or get off the pot you know if you're if you're gonna be great be great but if not you've probably served your time and i'm excited to see both of them kind of ascending a little i know and i'm excited to have them because i think they needed like the heather joining so now they have like the little queen bee that they can be with like as their like dynamic duo and honestly i just want them all to be friends because i like like i don't dislike any of the oc ladies i mean Noella has her moments, but I also like enjoy what she's bringing to the show personally. So I think they're gonna. I think it's like a fun crew. So I could see that be kind of like being like they maybe they just party all together. Okay, so a, a trending topic. What would you think about Tamara returning? <clears throat> you know, I think it would be. Well, I feel like I'm curious to see Tamara after the Ultimate Girls Trip season two, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what Bravo's doing with a lot of the people on that to be like. 
let's see how the audience likes them and how they go. Yeah. How she interact like they're like everyone's just like waiting by the phone. It's like when is it airing? Um I I would kind of be open to it, but I feel they might need to realize because like Diff Flip Back Heather, they have Shannon on who's been on for so long. Maybe trying to add like a little like freshen up moment. And I think what Bravo needs to start doing is because like they have like with Vanderpump kind of like, you know, me and Vanderpump. I-, I would like to see like maybe maybe they would all be more Beverly Hills, I guess, location-wise. But to add in some other Bravo people into the OC mix mm. that maybe people know, because I enjoy that on, like, even though I'm not, I don't, like, Southern, like, uh, Southern Charm and Summer House, it is kind of fun yeah. to have them mix and mingle together like that. And I'm literally the number one advocate for Lindsay Hubbard to be on Real Houses of New York down the line. So I kind of think they have all these young people that are aging into new, like, housewife territory that it could be kind of fun to mix all together. My Southern California geography is a little bit lacking, yes. but you know what I would, I think could be fun. Maybe MJ on OC. Oh, I've heard mixed things about whether Shaw's is coming back. I personally, oh God, really? am hoping, I, I'm hoping it is, but there's no, I haven't heard any concrete information, Yikes. Um, but I think that could be a fun, a fun little crossover moment. That would be so. Yeah. I would love MJ on OC, Lala on Beverly Hills and hubs on new york and i think that okay <laughs> that's like your starting point kind of i think that's my i think that's my <laughs> yes because like i mean i do love me some page but i don't think she could handle all the like i need like like hubs would like hit like punch someone i'm terrified every day that i'm gonna walk down the street and she's gonna punch me i love her but she scares me so i think we need to bring that energy into houses of new york i'm just stressed at this point because t- this morning of course i go on twitter and the first thing i see is some allegedly official report that Sonia, no, not Sonia, Luann and Ramona are the only two housewives returning for season 14. Uh, and and they're going to cast up to five new women and filming will start this fall. And first of all, I don't believe anything I read when it comes to <clears throat> New York casting because I feel like that's the kind of thing where you could just tweet anything and it's taken Rony rumors are like truth. the Babadook where you're like, what is this <laughs> mythical thing? I don't even know what is going on. None of it makes sense. Like There'll be like some reports like, Kamala is joining House, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> They're like, "No, no, 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 no." Contracts I saw it on are in the I mail. Saw it on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but especially the thing that is a big red flag about this specific rumor, aside from whether or not they would just keep Ramona and Luann, Ooh. is that they say filming is set to start this fall. And I, everything I have ever heard about the way Bravo does this shit. They would not be making casting decisions right now for something that they're going to do in September. That's not how they work. They send out the contract letters like a week before filming starts. Yeah. Later on this episode, we have Daisy from Below Deck Sailing Yacht. She didn't find out she was going back on that boat for a second season until like two weeks in advance. That's not how they work. No, exactly. They keep the bitches on their toes. And I and I mean, like, that keeps it fresh. And also because everything's always changing. They do all the chemistry tests and stuff like that. Oh, I hope that's not true. Because I would like Lou back. But with like Sonia and like those two having fun, I would personally, I wouldn't mind Lee and Ebony coming back. I feel like I am also in a, like not everybody wants them back. I love them both. Me, but I would be okay with Ramona not coming back. And I also would want Dorinda and Jill back. Okay. Yeah. I think that'll be interesting to see how um, Girls Trip 2 goes with Jill and Dorinda. Because Dorinda, I feel, you know, she's only been off the show for a year it would be pretty seamless for them to just bring her back. It wouldn't have to be a big, you know, thing. But with Jill, obviously she's been in the mix a little bit as like a guest and she still is friends with some of the ladies, especially Luann. But she, I mean, she hasn't been a housewife for a decade at this point. So 
it would be a little bit more of a big return versus just kind of like, yeah, Dorinda's off of pause. It would be the thing where it would be like her walking through her house, like the huge thing. I feel like Jill has, Zill, (laughs) their hyphen name, has on her, you know how like they have those signs like, 800 days since an accident at the office. She has that for like (laughs) how many days since she was a housewife? She's like, Allie, add it to the list. And she's like just waiting for Andy. Like she is, the definition of manifestation is Jill getting back on Housewives. And you know what? Jill's bulletin board is like 3,000 days since I last held an apple. Exactly. And I also feel (laughs) like the little school back to school apple. And I feel too, Jill could bring it because like I think, because I do do love me some Leah and I feel Jill could bring it to Leah a little bit in a way that they could have some Mm. fun sparring. And because Jill doesn't take a lot of shit and they both don't drink. So and like in like a way where I'm like, I think that they could like have like the wherewithal to like spar back and forth while Dorinda is just who knows what she's doing. But I need her back on my TV. I feel like Jill could be Leah's Judaism mentor. Oh my God. I oh like literally have like Torah class together. <laughs> I need wait, the Torah's like on a Zarin fabric rug. She's like, oh. I custom made it. I need that, like, ASAP. Allie. Allie! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That that is what I need. Um, Danny, this has been so fun. This is a dream. Thank you so much for joining. Remind everyone where they can follow you, listen to you, all of that important stuff. Oh, my God. So you can follow me everywhere at Cashmere Danny Cashmere with a K. Also, every Monday, me and Sarah Levine are not another true crime podcast. And I also do uh, Bravo recaps for page six. So, you know, I'm a little bit everywhere. <laughs> Amazing. Um, a man of many talents. Uh, was... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Don't go anywhere because our interview with Daisy from Below Deck Sailing Yacht is coming up right after this. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out 
out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. And we are now joined by a returning guest, one of our favorite below deck yachties from below deck sailing yacht, Chief Stew Daisy. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I am great. I am very excited that Sailing Yacht is back. And I think a lot of people are excited that Sailing Yacht is back. Um, how are you feeling going into this new season? Um, I'm excited too. I'm pretty nervous, <laughs> but definitely excited. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one for sure. So I feel like last season, you were brand new to the show, obviously, and it had only the Sailing Yacht had only been around for one season. So maybe people hadn't quite found it yet or, you know, they didn't know you for sure. And this season, I think it feels a lot different. There's a lot more anticipation. Obviously, people are excited that you and Gary and Colin and, you know, Captain Glenn are coming back. How different does it feel this time around now that you're not just, you know, the new one on board? Yeah, it was in kind of mixed emotions. I felt definitely more relaxed and more confident in my position and more confident about how the, you know, the whole show works. But there was also pressure, you know, season two was so good and so entertaining. It was a bit like, you know, maybe it was just a one-off kind of season. Maybe, you know, it was just a, a look at the draw kind of thing. But, you know, after filming it, it was like, no, we kind of have something special going on there. So, um, yeah, it felt it felt better. I was probably too relaxed, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, in the in the first episode, I was surprised to hear that you hadn't really done guest charters since the last time you had filmed. Was that kind of were you at all nervous for that, or have you have you been doing it long enough that it's kind of like riding a bike? I was a bit nervous because I'd never gone pretty much a year, almost a year, without doing a guest trip. So I was definitely nervous. You know, I think anyone who took that amount of time all from their profession would be nervous, but. I also have been doing it a very long time. I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure I have this. <laughs> so coming back from season two to season three, how quickly were you kind of talking to production and everything about coming back? Did you always know that that was an option or were, was it kind of not on the table for a while? How did that work? No, it's it. they invite you back very late. Um, so it's pretty annoying you know, obviously I have commitments, I have a job, I have a life. So it was it was only a few weeks before we started filming, which is normal for all the cast members. And um, I think unless you've possibly been doing it for a very long time. So that, yeah, it's pretty inconvenient, but it's the way it works. 
of course, everyone's like, Daisy, you're coming back. But I'm like, I don't know, like, maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> you know, they'll want someone new. So, but they asked me back. So it worked out well in the end. It is funny. I think people on social media are like, oh, like asking you if you're coming back. And so you're like, I know nothing more than you do. So yeah. I'm sure it's like, you're just like avoiding a lot of DMs and comments and stuff. It's like, I can't, I don't know what you want from me. Yeah, it's funny. And even when I wa- did film it, people still message me all the time asking me. And I'm like, you know how it works. Like, I sign a non-disclosure. I can't, you know, announce it. So it is a bit annoying. But yeah, it's part of the game. Have you, so you're in Spain this season in Menorca. Had you worked there before? Because you were in Croatia last season on the show. Yes, I passed through Menorca before, but I haven't spent a lot of time there. You know, when you're working, you don't really get to see it or enjoy it. Um, but it is really beautiful. Like, I would love to go there on holiday. Maybe you could go visit uh, Captain Glenn and stay at his apartment in Palma. That's in Palma. That's Mallorca. Okay. I spend a lot of time in Mallorca. <laughs> so that's Mallorca is the big little island and Menorca is the little, the little, little island. Okay. My my island geography is lacking, clearly. <laughs> I, need to, I need to spend some more time on yachts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Um, so going into the season, obviously, last year there were some issues with communication or, you know, people not listening to you. That's, I guess, uh, a difference in how you look at it. But were you, did you feel like going into this season, you had the respect that you needed or that you felt confident that you would be able to get that from your crew this year? Yeah, I I didn't feel like I had the respect I thought I deserved, you know, that was going to be a waiting game to see if that happened. But I definitely felt more confident, you know, knowing that the things that I was seeing, the things that I was saying were right. So I definitely felt more confident that this year, you know, someone was going to try and challenge me on something that I felt very firm about that I wasn't going to back down. It's different when you're on a TV show because everybody watches back and gets to see, oh, yeah, it like normally it's like okay I know I was right but we'll never really get to talk about it but it's like no you saw the footage and then we had a reunion and you really I feel like did kind of come out of last season with that you know knowledge that it's like no just listen to Daisy and everything will be okay I know it's crazy that's exactly it. you kind of go through your whole life you know I always say being like gaslit or I'm like I'm pretty sure I was right but yeah like you said what can you do you know you have no proof so watching the show actually felt great for me. I was like, yeah, see, I was right. Um, and yeah, same with the reunion. So it kind of definitely gave me a bit more confidence kind of being like, you know, I'm not a shit talker. Like I can easily admit when I'm wrong. And that's, you know, the good thing about me. There's lots of bad things. But one of the, the more positive things about me is that I can admit when I'm wrong. I'm not trying to be right. I just, I'm trying to get the job done. I don't have an ego so it was, yeah, it was a good feeling to be able to be like, no, I'm just calling it the way it is. And I appreciated that right off the bat, Colin sort of pulled you and Gary aside and was like, okay, so we're not going to do what we did last year. I felt like he kind of had your back in that moment. And that was, that was nice to see. Yeah. You know, the guys were, were great this year. They were definitely, um, you know, bigger help. Like me and Gary still have our clashes, but I definitely felt, definitely Colin, and I think Gary as well, did watch the footage. I think Colin was, to be honest, a bit embarrassed about maybe how much more he could have helped or how much more I was kind of, 
I was honestly just asking for support. I really wasn't trying to be difficult. I was genuinely coming to to my peers saying, I'm like, I'm struggling. There's not enough of us to keep up with these dishes. There's not a, you know, I wasn't, I really wasn't trying to be difficult. And I think it was nice that they were able to look that back and be like, oh, actually, Daisy just genuinely was asking for help. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always kind of a delicate balance when you when we watch these shows that, you know, everybody kind of has to pitch in. And it can be, it can probably feel in the moment sometimes like you're the one who's kind of constantly asking for help or, you know, you're kind of inconveniencing everyone. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just want things to run smoothly, especially when there are guests on board. Yeah, totally. And for me, it was a really weird thing because when somebody asks for help, whether it be a person on the street or a family member or a friend or whatever, you know, my natural instinct, you know, it's not easy for people to ask for help. And in a work environment, it's not easy for somebody to say, I'm, you know, I'm struggling, I'm not coping, you know, whether it be something as small as dishes. And I think, yeah, they just, they misunderstood me. And so I took such offense to it. I was like, this isn't easy for me to say, you know, I'm losing control of my department. Um, and between my clashes with Natasha and, you know, just not being able to keep up with the the sailing and the guest demand. So I was pretty upset about it, but I think they just misunderstood the situation. And it was nice that they were able to reflect and kind of go, oh, Daisy wasn't trying to be a bitch. She was just, she was actually just trying to ask for help, so. So Gary and Colin are back from last season. Was there anyone else that you were maybe hoping to see or relieved that you didn't see when you showed up for this season? Um, You know, I, I like the whole crew. I think, you know, obviously if Ali and Danny hadn't have had babies, I would love to work with them again. <laughs> they're, they're a little busy. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they've, they had other things on their mind. But um, the rest of the crew, I think they'd possibly have done their, their time on the show. Um, and I think, you know, it was a great fit that me, Glenn and, and or sorry, me, Colin and Gary came back. So I was happy with, with the situation. Yeah. I, speaking of you and Gary, obviously from the season preview, the kind of one moment that everybody's talking about is when you and Gary, you know, share a little kiss. What was, did you see that coming at all? I know you can't give too much away. And how do you feel kind of about reliving whatever happens between you two on this season I definitely didn't see it coming I can say that for sure it was um quite a surprise um how I feel at the moment I was pretty embarrassed I probably was full of regret but you know as time has passed and I'm able to reflect on our friendship and you know, what happened that season and what we've gone through in the last couple of years. It doesn't really surprise me that the lines may have gotten a little bit crossed. Gary is an extremely flirty, affectionate, you know, you're going to see it this season. You saw it last season. He can't help it. Like, he'll flirt with his mother. He'll flirt with the dog. He'll flirt with the fridge if he could. Like, it's just the way he communicates. (laughs) And as a woman, it's, you know, it's kind of fun. Like, flirting's fun. So... And because our relationship's so volatile between the kind of intense arguing and then the intense affection, yeah, I was kind of like, you know, I'm not that surprised that we ended up kissing. So I'm okay with it now, but it's taken a while. (laughs) 
I was very much not surprised that Gary and Ashley ended up kissing on the first night. That felt like I saw it coming a mile down the pipeline. Um, were you kind of aware that that had happened right away or was were you surprised at all? I know Ashley's on your team, so obviously there's like some some dynamic there. Um, I didn't see that coming. I honestly <laughs> thought people would have learned from last season. Like I am so naive and... I'm just, honestly, what I see is what I believe. So I just don't believe that that this sort of stuff is happening. So I was, re- I knew what had happened. I don't think I found out for a few days. And again, like Gary had kind of told me like, you know, she really pushed me into the kiss. And of course I take everything Gary says with a pinch of salt. And then watching it, I was like, oh my God, this is, I wasn't easy to watch. It was. You know, I love Ashley, I love Gary, but oh, it was, it made me feel pretty uncomfortable, but I mean, as long as they have fun, I guess. <laughs> and then it's, it makes it a little worse that they're, you know, having their little moment while Tom is like in the cabin with Captain Glenn, you know, puking all over the bathroom floor. It's like, oh man, I just feel, I feel bad for Tom What it in this episode, I have to say. <laughs> Well, that's the, um, the amazing thing about this show is that, you know, for us as as cast members, it's like watching a whole new show because there's so many moving parts and you're obviously so aware of what's happening. So we're, you know, we're sat in the aft deck, having fun, drinking, no idea that Gary and Ashley are making out in the bow, no idea that, that Tom is. And it's kind of this juxtaposition, this kind of sliding doors that, I, I don't know as viewers, but definitely as cast members, it's so crazy how just one slight interaction changes everything. You know, maybe if Tom hadn't have been throwing up, maybe he would have gone and interrupted them. Maybe if, you know, these kind of things, then you watch it back and you're like, oh, what? that's why he was over there. That's what was happening when this was happening. So <laughs> it's from a kind of psychological point of view or yeah. the way you want to look at it, it's pretty... It's pretty interesting. Right. And then, you know, Glenn was kind of like, I'm not having this, came and told you guys to go to bed, even though you weren't really, you know, doing anything wrong. It's like, there is just a lot going on. And like Colin was saying, we're not even, we haven't even started the season yet, you know, before the first guests are even there. I honestly think it could be the best opening episode of Any Below Deck. Like, so much happened. And it really set the tone for the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, with any uh, Below Deck is an interesting show because it's always some some of the same people, some different people. So you really do get a great mix of the dynamics. And it does feel already like this cast, you know, there's a lot of single people, which is always helpful. You have, you know, some younger people in the cast, some older people. We have Ashley who wants to pretend that she's older than Tom, (laughs) (laughs) which watching her watching her like play mind games with herself about people's ages to justify why she's not interested in Tom is... <laughs> Honestly, this is a running theme throughout the the show with Ashley. And I, you know, I have no problem in saying it because I'd say it to her face. And I think everyone did. She was obsessed with it. It was obsessive. And it, what I kind of remind me of is, you know, when you're 12 and you're like, I want to go to the disco and I want to have a glass of wine because you're convinced you're 18 and then you look back at it and you're like, oh, that was so embarrassing. Like, so desperate to grow up. 
that's, you know, definitely Ashley has a bit of that syndrome. She's so desperate to be beyond her years. And it really is a theme. And that's why you see it in the trailer, why you see it in the first episode. Right. She's obsessive about it. I'm like, girl, you're 23. Enjoy it. Because... Trust me, when you get to my age, you'll do anything to be 23 again. <laughs> yeah, she's like asking Gary how old he is and then adjusting her age preferences accordingly. It's like, we can all see right through that. Like, it's not, you're not being yeah. like sneaky. I mean, if anything, I would have loved to have hooked up with Tom, but I'm 11 years older than him, so it just would have been weird. I'm like, I can't, you, would be you know, getting, like, You would be getting like hate messages on social media about how you're corrupting a younger person. Oh, massively. I'm like, I'm so jealous that you, you know, she's like, oh, I'm too too old for you. But that bit in the trailer is just, it cracked because it really is Ashley. Because obviously the trailer is the introduction to us all. And she's like, oh, you're so young. And he's like, oh, we're in the same age. It was so good. I was like, Ashley. Oh, God. Uh, and I do want to talk about at the end of the episode with the guests on board, we see the primary guests being pretty inappropriate with Gabriella after everyone else had already gone down to bed. As a chief stew, you're her supervisor. What is it like finding out that that kind of thing has happened or watching it happen? I don't know when you heard about it, but what does that make you feel like knowing that that's happening to someone on your crew? Yeah, for me, I felt, I knew it had happened. She told me watching it was even harder. You know, you always hear these things, but actually witnessing it is is a different experience. I felt really bad for her. I felt guilty for not having stayed up. I had no clue. Like, because if if guests are, if I get the impression that guests are a bit rowdy or rude or inappropriate, I would have, there's no way I would have let Gabriella stay there on her own. But it, it really seemed okay. But, you know, that's why Gabriella was seconds to. She handled it perfectly. You know, that she had the maturity to be able to, you know, look after it on her own. So, as much as I felt bad for not being there to support her, I also knew that, you know, I'd made the right decision giving her seconds to you and that she had the maturity to handle situations like that. Yeah, it was it was kind of impressive the way that she deflected it without, you know, because it's hard when you're in a position, you're on service, you know, you're these guests are paying a lot of money. You don't want to make the guests feel, you know, uncomfortable or, you know, tell them off. But in that situation, it's like, this isn't oh, this isn't acceptable behavior, and I thought she she did a good yeah. job of handling that because it's a really tricky situation. Completely, and I think you know it's not just in a in a work environment; it can be in a bar. I mean, it happened to me last night, and my friend was like, like this guy was like fell in love with me. It's never happened to me before, and I just laughed at his jokes and kind of said, "I have to go away and eat." And she was like, "Why wow, you're so good at that?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm a chief stew. Like that's you know my job, but you don't want to embarrass anyone, you know." And, and Gabriella, like you said, handled that so well. She didn't want to embarrass him. I think even just as a person, not even as a paying guest, um, but made it very clear that he was crossing the line without kind of going, you know, making a big scene and being, you know, embarrassing him or whatever. And so, yeah, she, she handled it like a pro. Totally. So you said that you think this premiere is maybe the best one of the best below deck premieres. What do you think about this season coming up? We have a lot to look forward to, obviously. Um, you know, what are your overall feelings about the season? And is there anything that you're kind of most excited for people to see? Um, 
you know, the, I, I personally think the season could possibly top last season, which, you know, for everybody involved, production, cast, we're like, how can last season possibly top, be topped? But so much happens. There's just so many more little stories rather than the the kind of Gary Alley and Sydney story. There's a lot more involvement from the rest of the crew. And, you know, again, it's just, the, the I think we had worse guests this year. So I think you see my patience definitely a bit more worn. Um, or maybe you'll be impressed with how I handle it. I don't know, but... <laughs> Um, come back, come back in a couple months, and we'll, and I'll grade your patience. <laughs> definitely, yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see how people. I'm excited to see how I react it because in my head I'm being so rude, but I know I'm very good at my stew face. So maybe mm-hmm. I was good. I know we'll see, but um, yeah, huge. Oh, there's just so many ups and downs, a lot of tears, arguments. I don't know. So much happened. It it was it was a really a great season. It's an emotional roller coaster. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I am very excited to see the rest of it, uh, and have a great time. You're headed back out on uh on charter in just a couple of days, I think. Yeah, I'll be I'll be on the boat in about two days. Fly out tonight, um. So yeah, I'm excited to to work and not drink for a while. So <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to it. Well, Daisy, thank you so much for stopping by. We can't wait to see the new season and best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. Thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches and just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.